0: Welcome to the West Wind Unitarian Universalist podcast. Join us in creating compassionate community. Alright, sorry reflection this week. And the reflection's title is Revolutions, Restitutions, and Resolutions for 2020. I have to admit, it was a slightly different sermon before we blew up the general from Iran. Um, And that's been weighing on my mind, but I don't really want to talk about it. It's just there. I had to address that it's there. I want to start with a couple of definitions. All my definitions I got from Merriam-Webster. The first one is the definition of freedom. I just read a really lovely... Bit of writing by Abraham Lincoln, and he talks about freedom and liberty. So I want to talk a little bit about the difference. Freedom is the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint on choice or action. Liberation from slavery, or liberation from restraint, or liberation from the authority and power of another. Okay? It's considered a political right or a political privilege. I think it's interesting that the difference in the way you look at whether or not freedom is a right or a privilege is really um, systemic within our culture in a wide variety of cultures. You sometimes earn freedom. That makes it a privilege. You are sometimes granted freedom, that it seems like it's an earned thing. I personally think it's a right to be free, but there we go. Liberty is the power to do as one pleases. Freedom from physical restraint, freedom from despotic control, freedom... From positive or freedom to have, I'm sorry, freedom from despotic control. Uh, Liberty is also the positive enjoyment of various social, political, or economic rights and privileges. Again, that word privilege comes up. It's the power of choice. It's also the right of immunity enjoyed by prescription. Again, privilege. So while we have those words, freedom and liberty, within our Constitution, within our Declaration of Independence, um, we put them forth as unalienable rights. But over and over again within the dictionary, they're considered privileges. The difference between freedom and liberty, liberty is an action to do. Freedom is a state of being. Okay, So you are at liberty to do what you want because you are free. You are in a state of freedom which gives you the liberty to act. So there we go. I know. Everybody loves a good definition. Why did I bring those up? Well, because when we're talking about revolutions, restitutions, and resolutions for 2020, it is necessary to remember that we have freedom to act with our own liberty. Okay, So, I'm going to start at the most basic and simplest. Here in the new year, the new decade, we we all, people tend to have a resolution for how they're going to change or reinvent themselves for that new space of time. right? And the big joke is always, you know, I'm going to I'm going to get physically fit. I'm going to join that gym that I'm never going to go to, but it'll make me feel better to pay them $100 a month and sit at home on my couch. Um, There's other resolutions. You might want to quit smoking, or you might want to eat better, or maybe you want to quit yelling at your children. There's a wide variety of resolutions, and all of them are theoretically an effort to be the better person that you want to be. And uh, as an imperfect person, I can think of all kinds of reasons why I would like to be a better person. Um, Honestly, I get to go and eat dinner with my in-laws today, and it's given me a lot of reflection on how I can be a better person. (laughs) Let's just say that I'm a sarcastic bitcher. And because I am a sarcastic bitcher, I have no problems doing work. I just like to run my mouth about how unfun it is to do that work. Um, Many of you have hung out with me. Many of you have gone with me to do a wide variety of different things. And you know that I will complain and whine the entire time I'm digging that hole or delivering that food or driving that person to where they got to go. I'm no problem doing the right thing. I often have a hard time being in the right state of mind while doing that right thing. So, a personal resolution is to be a slightly less sarcastic butcher. That said... I don't know that I'll make it all the way to the end of next year with that resolution at the forefront of my mind. I would like to, but to really change who I am, I have to have a revolution. And now we're going to talk some more definitions. Because, well, the first definition of revolution is a celestial body that rotates around something and comes back to its beginning, whether it's a body on its axis or a body orbiting something or a comet spinning through the universe. We put an awful lot of uh, importance on revolutions of celestial bodies, right? We have the new year, we have the new decade, we have the new day. It's really important that we make it back to the beginning of where we started so that we can renew and start over again. But usually when you say revolution, or when I think revolution, it is not the earth moving around the sun or the spinning of the planet. I'm thinking of more like, you know, uh, say you want a revolution, right? (laughs) Okay, um, And when we talk about saying you want a revolution, it is a sudden, radical, or complete change. It's a fundamental change of political organization or social situation. A way of thinking about or visualizing something new. A change of paradigm. If you really want to be able to step up and uphold your New Year's resolution, it is important to have an internal revolution of mind. You have to change the way you think and set a new parabine for your existence. I know that seems a little wordy, and it probably is. But conceptually, the way that I look at this is like, yes, I want to complain less. To complain less, I can't just look at the world and be like, you know what, this is so much better than I thought. There's no reason to complain about all the gas money I'm spending or all the time I have to spend away from playing disc golf. Um, what I really need to do is reset the paradigm of the story, the narrative that I'm telling myself. That narrative has to be adjusted. And it has to be adjusted way before the actual action, right? I have to adjust that paradigm within my mind so that when I'm narrating my events, I am not narrating my events with this sarcastic voice, right? I'm narrating my events with maybe a more hmm, compassionate Understanding of my narrative, active, of my activities, right? A more compassionate understanding of those that I'm helping or the things that I'm doing, a more compassionate understanding of who I am in that moment, you can congratulate yourselves for doing good, right? It's okay to be happy with going out and doing something nice. It kind of nullifies the whole action if you go out and do something nice and then bitch about it (laughs) to everyone that you meet. Man, I had to do something nice the other day, it really chafed. It was hard, I'd like to do something nice, but I really want it to be easier. Is there a way that we can save the planet and I can sit on my couch? That brings me to restoration. So the definitions of restoration, we're restoring the condition of being to what it once was, okay? We're restoring something to its rightful owner, we're making good or giving an equivalent for some injury, legal actions that are served to cause the restoration of a previous state. I intentionally didn't use the word reparations, but I'm definitely thinking reparations when I'm talking about restoration, specifically because a certain amount of restoration is impossible. There are harms and slights that we do in our lives that you cannot return to the original state. Once you've let that cat out of the bag, it's out, right? Once you've said that horrible thing about that person, Even if you really feel bad about it, you've said it, they've heard it, and now you have to kind of find a way to move past it into a different paradigm, right? The previous paradigm obviously set you up for anger and hostility, or set them up for anger and hostility. Um, It's time to get past that and figure out a way to re-communicate and re-establish connection, that restoration of communication, the restoration of compassion, For that revolution to really work within your mind, you have to restore a certain amount of peace and calm and tranquility. You have to restore a certain amount of perhaps logic or non-emotional bias, right? Um, To participate in that fully, it's sometimes necessary to go beyond what was initially there, you know what I mean? Like a good example would be, let's say you feed your dog the same exact thing every day. Lucky dog, right? Well, one day you feed your dog the exact same thing every day, and then you find out that that kibble is cancer-ridden kibble. I know some of you have heard about this. There are certain dog dog food companies that make food that really is so unhealthy for your dog as to shorten the length of their life. You've been feeding that dog that dog food for five years, right? You've already kind of shortened it a little bit. The restoration process is not just giving your dog new food, It's also probably taking it to the doctor and paying some medical bills. It's probably addressing any future outcomes that come from what you initially did. You can't just blow it off. Theoretically, you love your dog. If you have my dog, you might not feel that way. But you, I am assuming, love your dog. Right? So you're going to actively go out there and help your dog get better. You can't fix the fact that you fed it bad dog food for five years. What you can do is try and restore your dog back to the health that it might have been at at this age. That's kind of the way the restoration works. Sometimes you can get that beautiful antique table looking exactly the way it did at Thanksgiving dinner when you were a child at your grandmother's house. Sometimes you have to replace all the legs, redo them, put them back together, and hope that it matches. The restoration process can be messy, and it can take time. It usually takes longer to restore something to its glory than it did to destroy it. And so, I go back to to the revolution. Because as we come back around, right, each year we come back around to look at our resolution, man, did I lose that five pounds I was really hoping to lose? (laughs) Did I actually change my attitude? Have I found a way to be more compassionate in that space? As we continue to revolve back to those sometimes same questions and sometimes new, that revolution gives us an impetus to change the paradigm. Working together as a congregation, we are in a place and a time in which we can revolutionize the way that we participate as a congregation in the community. Part of those ways, you can fill out the forms for social justice so we can talk about uh, new ways that we can participate in community. We, as a body, made a resolution. We voted as a group to try and be a more green community. How much have we stepped up to that? Are we actively participating in what we resolved to do? And if not, is it because we haven't had a revolution within our community to really you know, to really create that change? Sometimes the revolution doesn't have to be bombs. It doesn't have to be bullets. It doesn't have to be blood in the streets. Sometimes the revolution can be a change in ideas. It can be a change in the way that we fundamentally look at and participate in the world. These are the kind of revolutions I'm looking for today. These are the ways I want you to move forward with your resolutions in the world. I want to go back to the... Uh, meditation reading that we had uh, from Abraham Lincoln. And I just want to look at the blocks. And you can open up the book and look with me if you want to. It might be a little bit easier to follow along. But if you look at the way that Abraham Lincoln brings forth his call to freedom and liberty, he starts with a resolution. He's resolved to make a change. His labor is common, a burden of our race, so the effort of some to shift their share of the burden onto the shoulders of others is a great durable curse of the race he declares that this is wrong we want to make a change then the revolution is a paradigm change the revolution is i would not be a slave so i won't be a master it's a paradigm shift right i don't believe in slavery for myself but if i don't believe in slavery for myself then i don't believe in enslaving others and in not enslaving others i will not be the master of that enslavement then we look at the next resolution This expresses my idea of a democracy. Whatever differs from this to the extent of the difference is no democracy. Again, he's resolved this idea. He's changed this concept. He's taken a broad idea and distilled it down to a very simple phrase. If you are outside of this democratic thought, if you believe in any form of enslavement of any human being, then you are outside of democracy. And then we move back to the resolution, or another resolution. Our reliance is in our love for liberty. Our defense is in the spirit for which prizes liberty as the heritage of all people and all lands everywhere. It's a new resolution. We're bringing forth a new idea. It could also be a revolution because it is a change in the paradigm of understanding of what people are. Then the real revolution hits again. Destroy this spirit and we have planted the seeds of despotism at our doors. Again, he's defining that the paradigm is shifted. If you ignore these things, you participate in enslavement of people, then you are creating despotism. You are not creating a great country. You're not creating manifest destiny. You're not creating a new free world. You are creating a repetition of previous tyrannies. The resolution Those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves and cannot long retain it. Again, we're taking a large concept and we're reducing it to an understanding in a simple phrase. And then we finish with restoration. Why should there not be a patient confidence in the ultimate justice of people? Is there any better or equal hope in the world? The restoration, again, is we're restoring us to an idea of hope. We're restoring the world to a better place than we started in. And we finish, let us have faith. That right makes might. In restoration, we've taken and flipped that phrase, right? Instead of might making right, we've said right makes might. And that faith led us to that end, dare to do our duty as we understand it. Our restitution is that duty. It's that duty to restore us back to the humanity and compassion that we theoretically espouse to, but have not acted in the world. And so now, when I send you out into 2020, the new decade I was really hoping I could send you all out with like flapper dresses and suit suits. <laughs> but apparently that is not going to be the 20s we are looking at. Aww. What I am going to be sending you out to is a world in which you have to help change the paradigm of thinking of the neighbors next to you. You're going to help to help the revolution of the mind that is going to be necessary so that we can resolve some of the pain and turmoil of our country. Resolve some of the pain and turmoil of our friends and neighbors. With our compassion, we can restore a state of understanding and beauty that we have lost, I think, in previous decades. We can restore a beauty within our country that has been marred by our inability to recognize that history is cyclical, it's revolutionary, <laughs> and as we come back around to the pain of all... Ugh, okay, sorry. The pain of all the different things that have happened. I just want to point out... I'm going to finish on this. I'm sorry, I'm trying to be quick. Um... There was once a Boston Tea Party. It was in 1773. It wasn't called a Boston Tea Riot. It was called the Boston Tea Party. And so I'm curious if that makes the Haymarker Party of 1886, the movement for labor that killed 12 people while they stood up for rights, does it make the party better? I wonder if the Watts Party of 1965 is a better party than the riot that it is disposed to be. The Detroit Party of 1943 and 1967. The L.A. Party of 1992, one I actually lived for. The Manhattan Party of 1870 that rose up against Irish immigrants. I'm not ever going to call the Tulsa Party a party. It was a massacre. Finally, in the last two years, we've actually resolved that and is no longer referred to as a riot. The riot implies that people rose up in destruction. The massacre is clearly defined that we killed people because we wanted them dead. So, is it better to call those riots parties? Does that change the paradigm of the revolution they were calling for? Or is it only a revolution if we actually have change? Do we only get to call it a tea party because we won? Thank you. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Unitarian Universalism and to connect with us, please visit www.westwinduuc.org or find us on Facebook at West Wind Unitarian Universalist Congregation.